0: Comes around the corner for the final time, and Richard Murray of South Africa is going to win an Olympic distance WTS race, Davis race Davis for the first time Davis in his Davis career.
1: Davis. He's taken down Moeller this or oh, Louis Brownlee, and, and beat them all by a distance. Fantastic day for Richard
0: Murray. Always wanted to win Olympic distance, and that was the, the one that I've won. And, you know, both Brownies were obviously racing there as well, so it was like home turf. Uh, which is like even even bigger bragging rights. Um, I remember when the Brownies, when Alistair took me down in Cape Town. So something you'll never forget when 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 one of your when one of your your arch uh, enemies type things in triathlon beats you know takes you down in, in your hometown. I think the thing with my heart condition, apparently, I've seen the most difficult thing is the psychological part. Spend a few weeks, you're kind of okay, and then you kind of have an episode where you kind of don't trust your body anymore and. I think when you
1: don't trust your body as an an athlete, that's a problem. The World Triathlon Championship Series is once again heading to Leeds. More than world title points on the line, the stories this weekend around Olympic qualification possibilities for the likes of Great Britain and the USA, and a host of individual athletes will be fascinating. And you can watch it all unfold on Sunday 6th of June from 12.45 local time on triathlonlive.tv. Now let's catch up with someone who knows a thing or two about how to win in the north of England. Today on the World Triathlon Podcast, we welcome the one and only Richard Murray, one of the sport's great characters over the past 10 years. The South African has been an ambassador for the mental and physical toughness required to perform at the top level of triathlon. That toughness was tested earlier this year. However, when he was diagnosed with irregular heartbeat condition, atrial fibrillation, which has kept him off the start list for this weekend's World Triathlon Championship Series Leeds, just as it did in Yokohama last month. So Richard, hi, great to have you on. Uh, where and how are you?
0: Yeah, so I'm currently in the Netherlands now. This is kind of my, USA you know, so European summer base, but I've spent a lot more time here, so I could kind of call it home, but yeah. Um, so I'm in the Netherlands, kind of uh, 150 kilometers east of Amsterdam. Uh, close to Enschede, and yeah I've kind of been here since well for quite a bit of a year so far and yeah obviously having been diagnosed with a heart condition has been quite a blow this this year uh, in general and yeah more or less trying to uh, pick up the pieces and just trying to keep things rolling along and uh, yeah waiting until uh, I kind of get a procedure done uh, in the Netherlands where I can kind of fix my regular heartbeat and and sort of take it from there a little bit.
1: When did you Discover this and and that things weren't quite right,
0: yeah, so it was kind of in January side so kind of start of January, and we were just doing some training and um, kind of the week before I'd kind of got a little bit ill, uh, and I kind of had a fever for one day and I kind of thought nothing of it and uh, it sort of went away and I went got back into training, everything was back to usual uh, and then I kind of had some irregular uh, kind of heart palpitations in a few days leading up to having kind of the first episode of of irregular heartbeat. Um, and I was in the swimming pool. And uh, actually, luckily, I had my, uh, my swimming goggles, I can actually see my heart rate and everything while I'm swimming. Um, and wow. so, yeah, and so I was swimming. And normally, I know what range I'm sitting in with my heart rate. And all of a sudden, my heart rate just spiked to 160, 180. Um, and I was just warming up. And I thought, maybe something's uh, incorrect, maybe some technology's out or something. Uh, but then I looked later, and I continued to do the same thing. And I moved things around, and it stayed the same. And I felt something in my chest didn't feel right. Um, and it kind of felt almost like I had a bit of a muscle spasm in my chest. I like, oh no, maybe it's my muscle. Something's going weird, but it's actually my heart that was kind of going out of sync. Um, and, and I literally told Rachel, I climbed out the pool and I was out of breath and everything. And, and I kind of said to her, no, something's not right. Um, and, and she said, no, what is it? And I said, I can't breathe. And I feel like my chest is racing. And um, yeah, and I could still check my heart rate afterwards and it was sitting quite a lot higher than usual, just mm. standing there. Um, and so kind of knew something was wrong there at that point already.
1: And presumably, I mean, you were just training, so you knew it wasn't a, a sort of anxiety thing or a panic attack type thing. You, you know, there was, was it something that you'd ever experienced before and had just disappeared? Is it anything that you kind of in hindsight think, well, maybe that was something along the way and you, you'd you shrugged it off?
0: Um, well, not really. I mean, it's kind of, you know, as an athlete, you kind of, you know, you, I wouldn't say you get used to dealing with the little small problems, but definitely as an athlete, you have to overcome things. And, you know, especially if you're tired and training and those things, you've got to push through and mentally you've got to be very tough and everything. And, you know, now it's kind of like the opposite where I've got to almost be you know, really careful of myself and not overdo things because, you know, uh, I would say a heart issue, you know, if you tear a you know, muscle or you broke a bone or something like that, usually it heals and, and you kind of get back into your own way, really. But a heart is, bit more of a serious thing and a lot of people obviously get a bit scared when they hear heart uh heart problems or heart issues but you know the heart is generally just a muscle um at the end of the day but obviously you've got to uh you know just take it take it seriously and um try and find ways of getting back you know to racing and being being healthy again
1: presumably quite handy having rachel rachel clama your wife elite netherlands triathlete as well there uh, would is it the sort of thing that you might have been a bit more inclined to try and brush off but having shared with her she was perhaps a bit more uh, Richard this is serious we need to definitely do something about this or
0: um well yes and no um (laughs) it's uh yeah I think you know Rachel's she's extremely it depends on your character and how tough you are Rachel's very very tough on herself so she's not very soft on me either sometimes (laughs) either uh, which in some instances is great, in some instances is not great, but I think uh, we definitely bring the best out of each other. And um, definitely, obviously, she's there with me every part of the way. Um, the thing is, as well, she's a professional athlete too, so she's got to keep training and, and she's trying to compete for the Olympics too. So uh, I would say to a degree, I've kind of brought her down a little bit. I mean, it's, you know, when someone, something, someone very close to you, a husband or, or wife or somebody is having a serious issue, you can't not, well, if you, maybe if you don't care, you, it won't affect you, but. Uh, it's definitely affected her quite a lot. And mm. um I mean, now she's trying to obviously focus and I'm I'm trying to, you know, get myself right as well as help her. And the situation's kind of a bit up in the air a little bit. Um, but yeah, kind of doing, you know, everything we can. But she's definitely, you know, behind uh, me a lot. And her father is also um is a doctor as well, which is which is great. So next door if something happens, I, I've got a doctor <laughs> who can help me out, which is reassuring. <laughs> just quite reassuring um and so i had to kind of make the decision whether i would get the procedure done in south africa or in the netherlands Uh, and i kind of had to weigh up like you know family in south africa versus rachel and family and stuff here in the netherlands and so it was a very tricky um tricky time and something to you know decide on um and so yeah i think that was quite a tough decision to make but um definitely Mm -hmm. there's some top my coach louis de la Haye. He's had some athletes who have had the same heart problems and things as well before, which is quite good. Um, in in a, you know, bad and good, um, but definitely. So they've gone to see a doctor here, and I'm going to kind of see the same uh, same doctor here as well, who's going to um, who's a cardiologist who's going to obviously try and take care and, see, and look after the situation, which is good.
1: So the next step is this procedure. You're not quite sure when. Obviously, you know, month and a half away from. Two months i guess from tokyo so what what is the timeline looking like for you
0: yeah so the the tricky thing is that i know to be like on 100 percent form has kind of gone out the window you know a couple weeks or a month or two ago already um you know you can only be so prepared for something and i think as an athlete you know where you are at any given moment um and so realistically i know that i'm not going to be on top shape it's pretty much impossible but um in the back of your mind you always try and do everything you can and, and and you know believe in yourself as much as you can because that's a big part of it um so i think you know we're kind of waiting for the next couple of weeks we'll kind of find out when i'm going to get the procedure done and then afterwards kind of see how long it takes for me to recover um everyone's a bit different in the recovery phase some people uh, can take a couple of you know a week or two type of thing and they can get back to some mild or basic exercises Um, But I think, you know, as a professional athlete, the word mild and easy is very different from the average person. Um, So uh, definitely going to have to see how the recovery goes. Rachel is actually going to Leeds World Series this tomorrow evening. Um, And then she goes from there on to France to Fontremoto Altitude Camp. So I'm going to kind of be on my own, which is, uh, (laughs) you know, a difficult thing she needs to go and prepare for olympics and and you know i need to get myself right so i don't want to hold her back from you know being the best she can mm. um so it's yeah it's a difficult difficult uh, scenario a little bit but um yeah a lot of people have had the procedure done before it's not a it's not a you know it's quite a common thing uh, especially for top athletes to have and a lot of people have ablations and things done you, generally it's fine so um yeah i think that's the big thing to make sure we both do what we need to to a certain degree
1: And you're able to obviously maintain a level of training at the moment. You haven't had, you know, it's it's a case of dialing that right back rather than knocking it on the head altogether.
0: No, exactly. I think that's the, um, you know, the thing, I've kind of had to learn where the the limit is um, and kind of stay within that. Uh, And I definitely noticed kind of like on, it's kind of sounds weird, but uh, you know, on the front of, um, you know, anxiety and on the front of not knowing what's coming and, and a lot of things from, from last year, you know, Uh, Corona and all these things happening all at the same time has been quite a lot to deal with. Uh, And so, yeah, I definitely think on the training side, I kind of stick to two to three hours a day of training, very low intensity. Um, And so, yeah, I can't do anything too, you know, too exciting or too hard before I kind of have a bit of an episode of of my heart. So um, I've noticed every time after I've done a hard swim, it's been like an hour or two afterwards. And I've had like, you know, the swimming being the most taxing for me out of the three. Hmm um and so it's yeah could be a combination of things to do with breathing oxygen um things like that uh and so yeah hopefully we can uh figure that out so i can you know continue being an athlete uh and if not i was already at the start of the year kind of told to kind of hang up my uh, racing shoes in january um and yeah, having heard that from a doctor, from a cardio, you know a cardiologist saying you know your career's finished, you know you can go and get a usual job is what I was right. what I was told, and I kind of thought like, what is a usual job?
1: Yeah, that's
0: it's I mean, kind of break like, it to me
1: gently. That's uh...
0: yeah. I thought, Jesus, and my father was there, and Rachel was there, and they were both like, oh my goodness, like <laughs> this isn't going to work. <laughs> this is not, uh, not, this is not the best
1: scenario. Um, I, I mean obviously in the intro i mentioned your your mental toughness and and physical toughness and so on is that you know would you is that how you would describe yourself do we see the the same sort of richard murray that that rachel sees
0: yeah no i mean the thing is on social on social media you see one side and then you know on podcasts and on, on you know on live streams and on other things and stuff you get more of a reality um but it's definitely psychologically been, I think the thing with my heart condition, apparently I've seen the most difficult thing is the psychological part of it. Um, you know, you kind of spend a few weeks, you're kind of okay, and then you kind of have an episode where you kind of don't trust your body anymore. And I think when you don't trust your body as, a, as an athlete, that's a problem. Um, mm. And so, yeah, it's been a roller coaster. of, okay, after the first time I was getting better, I wouldn't put it out there on social media. I'm gonna kind of see how it goes. Uh, then it happened a sec- second time. And both of the, f- the first two times it happened, I was traveling to Namibia. It was two days before traveling to go somewhere, which was also quite interesting. Um, and both of them were going to Namibia because we went to Namibia camp twice. Uh, and then it happened a third time in Namibia after a week again. And I kind of thought like, okay, now this is, I'm going to not tell everybody because I can't keep not pretending, but, you know, everyone knows something was wrong, but I just didn't want to, you know, put it out there too early um you know you don't want to uh what what is this i think is it waking rest. i don't know what the exact sentence is i think it's waking resting dogs or something sleeping dogs or something like that um so yeah i think that was the case and then just letting everybody know about it so everyone our sponsors federation uh triathlon community everybody knows uh kind of what's going on
1: yeah, looking back are there are there times through training i, I guess inevitably perhaps but you have like felt that you've pushed yourself right to a limit that you would then be thinking afterwards, right. I don't want to necessarily go there again anytime soon.
0: Not really. No, no. unfortunately. No. The, I think the thing is an athlete, there's a few times in a year where you, you know, you can push yourself. I mean, there's a couple of athletes that can actually push themselves. I'm not going to say where They probably should push themselves, but there's obviously, you know, you can, you can definitely dig a hole and some people can dig a hole. I wouldn't say more than others, but can definitely push themselves a- until breaking point. Um, and yeah, I think that's a little bit, uh, I mean, it can come around from just many years of, of endurance sports and of, on, on intensity. Um, so we're hoping that's not the case. Uh, otherwise I might be in uh, trouble not being able to push myself again, but um, yeah, definitely looked at, you know, a really different, you know, possibilities of stuff after sports already quite a lot over the last couple of months, uh, just, you know, when you know it might be the end, you start, you know, looking at what's next a little bit. Um, so it's definitely, you know, not done yet, but definitely waiting to see, you know, uh, after the procedure, how things go and, uh, you know, kind of take it from there a little bit. Hmm.
1: Yeah. I suppose you have to be philosophical in that situation, don't you? And, uh, if it's sort of out of your hands entirely then, but trying to stay positive, particularly after the year, I mean, so last March, April, when, Tokyo was obviously postponed officially at that point in your preparations. How were you feeling? Were you, were there any niggles? Were you like, this is, this is looking really good or, you know, was there any reason why perhaps the postponement you were looking at in a positive way as well?
0: Um, No, I would have actually preferred last last year to win the Olympics actually. Uh, I was in some pretty good shape the year before. I think I had a bit of up and down the year. I think I got injured just before that. Um, so kind of had like what a bit I wanted to prove, Um, and my form and stuff, the lead up last year, I was probably in some of the best shape that I've been kind of in, yeah, kind of January, February, March I was in some pretty good shape last year, and then there was obviously no racing and stuff, and I think a lot of athletes, when you kind of go all in, and then it doesn't happen, and then, you know, now preparing for this year's Olympics, and then I have this, it's just, uh, yeah, it's been pretty tough, I mean, it's been a tough couple of months, tough year already, Um, but yeah, you've got to obviously kind of look, you know, forwards to what you obviously can do. Um, And I think, you know, being able to, you know, for me to still be able to exercise on a low level now is still enjoyable. And, you know, the sun's come out, it's getting to summer in Europe. So uh, it's definitely worse, worse places to be now. Um, So, yeah, I think you've got to look at the positives.
1: For sure. And having Rachel alongside you for the majority of the year and the seasons and so on is obviously a huge bonus and has no doubt kind of shaped your career both your careers in ways that you can't really kind of quantify I suppose but when something like last year happened does it also magnify the negative a bit?
0: Um, Yeah I mean definitely, definitely there's you know there's definitely a couple of moments where uh, especially in training and things now like to try and stay motivated now I'm doing training where all i'm doing is keeping myself fit before an operation uh it's quite challenging and i don't know really when that's going to be either so um i'm going to say we've become very used to preparing for something that is going to happen sometime <laughs> we've become very professional we've become very good at doing that um yeah. which i'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing but i think as you know us as humans we do. You know, you got to develop or you got to just go with the times and, 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 you know, do what you can a little bit. But it's, yeah, there's definitely been some tough moments, especially being here as well. You know, Rachel's going to leave shortly. I'm going to be on my own after operation. Um, Try not to lose my mind too much. Uh, But yeah, I think I'll I'll, I'll figure perhaps I'll learn some more Dutch and uh, do some other things that I should be doing that I've been neglecting. um, yeah, I think there's always, always something that I, that I can do and be part of, maybe make a YouTube video every day if I'm bored, something like that.
1: Totally. How, Give it a try. <laughs> how, how is the Dutch? I mean, you train with them a lot, right? So uh, do they speak, a, is it exclusively Dutch on your training camps or?
0: Um, yeah, on the, on the camps, it's pretty much exclusively Dutch. Um, yeah. the, the worst thing though, is the Dutch are the best English speaking outside of the UK. <laughs> and obviously other English speaking nations, but I mean, they can, they can turn over to English like at the drop of a dime where- Totally, you know, to so it feels like times, they're doing is it is deliberately. Extremely <laughs> difficult then to learn. I mean, if it was Chinese or it was Russian or whatever, then you would have no other option, but to learn. Um, but there are a lot of things in English here and things, but definitely my Dutch is getting better. But I think it's the point of me having a full on conversation. It's probably not there yet, but um, I can definitely get you know get by with the day to day, which is good. Um,
1: Uh, you mentioned your dad like was there when you were diagnosed and that was obviously presumably a massive help how he was a sportsman as well, right? Do you, was it in a similar field? Do you think you get your desire and ability to push yourself from him?
0: Um, Yeah, well, definitely. I think, you know, you're obviously a makeup of your parents to a certain degree and and kind of how you've been brought up. Um, So it's definitely, you know, in the genes to giving up is kind of not an option. Um, Unless it's kind of, you know, well, I think my father, the thing is as well, I think the story with my father kind of almost lost his leg when he was 20, I think 20 years old or something, or 19 or 20 in a motorbike accident. Um, And he told him, no, 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 he he wants to keep the leg. So they kind of like fused his leg in like five parts to keep his leg together. And they said, you'll never walk again. It's not going to happen. And like seven years later, after crutches, he was walking again. Um, And then he went back to the doctors and they told him, he said, told you I'd walk. (laughs) and I thought that's quite quite a story but I definitely think that you know definitely the the world to continue and the world to to keep going is is obviously definitely in my family a little bit yeah you could say so
1: yeah and I mean just yeah going back to to Rachel and and what that must bring to your to your seasons to both of your seasons I mean just interested to hear what your take is with with Rachel I, I don't even know how long have you guys been together sort of on the on the circuit and like I said you, presumably you can't put your finger on you can't quantify how different your career would have been without her and it's not necessarily I'm not talking about like results and so on but just the day-to-day of a triathlete
0: yeah no well, it's definitely you know it definitely changed a lot I remember when I started with the Joel Filial group in 2000 and so 2013 or 12, somewhere around there, Uh, and then I met Rachel not long after that in 2013, and then we were both with Joel and them for a good couple of years, where we kind of grew a lot as athletes, and uh, learned a lot about ourselves, and about coaching, and everything, and um, from that, then obviously decided to go kind of our own way a little bit, and and to be more settled, come to Europe, and uh, spend more time in the Netherlands, just to get a little bit more of a home base, uh, not spring chickens anymore, so it was definitely good to uh, to do that and yeah definitely has been a bit of pretty awesome journey it feels like a really short journey so far I mean it's a uh, I'm 32 so it should be like my prime years now and then last year and this year's story has been a, an interesting one so you never really know when the great years are going to be I think you realize the great years after they've come you kind of realize when they were um, I suppose that's a kind of a standard thing a little bit but uh, it's definitely yeah. you know it, it's been pretty awesome and, and to be, have somebody to train with every single day and 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 to be with every single day is, is amazing um and to try and obviously remove ourselves from the athlete sometime as well because we're continually training together and 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 we're together every single day 24 hours a day so it's uh pretty full on but um yeah i think we work very well together and we complement each other which is which is good mm.
1: yeah i suppose it is also how you how that informs the build-ups to races, right? And that was something that was obviously magnified before Yokohama where none of the athletes were able to pursue what their normal preparation would be. Some obviously just hang out in the hotel rooms and that's kind of what they prefer to do anyway. But some obviously like to get a bit of distance and you could tell that that was perhaps something that was affecting some athletes more than others in, in Yokohama, do you think?
0: Yeah, I think that, uh, well, obviously the isolation stuff in Yokohama has been pretty tough. And I think on a lot of athletes, mentally-wise, last year and stuff has been very, very tough. Um, especially for juniors, people just starting up as an athlete. I wondered if I had just started and said, okay, this is my first year being a pro, and then nothing happens. You'll probably be thinking, was this a good idea? Should I do something else? You know, it's probably a completely different take at, at how things obviously, you know, could last year and from a professional side obviously sponsors and racing a lot of athletes are reliant on, on you know prize monies and those things and stuff so it's, it's very very tough financial uh, sponsorship wise and those things and uh, you know i very lucky to have my sponsors continue with me for this year uh, the Olympic year because a lot of companies and stuff had obviously struggled during corona um, so it's definitely been, been good but yeah I think yeah not having racing for quite a long time and, and be able to race again for the first time has been 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 pretty amazing actually.
1: And well I guess did you you used quite a lot of the kind of year off as it was to reach out to your fans more right the YouTube channel's kind of taken off and obviously like it's all things like that and and your sponsors being really on board and so on it, it all feeds into being able to do what you do. No
0: definitely I think you know I kind of had to try something different to learn new skills and and I find that kind of kept me entertained um, mm. to, to a degree, and kind of spiraled into something a little bit bigger. But I definitely find it's a you know a much better medium to get across to people and get across to you know other athletes and and people just to, you know to give back a little bit. It's quite nice. So a lot of the things I'm actually doing is actually nice to actually give that information or give things to people. Um, not just you know the fact in it, in it growing and becoming something, but uh yeah it's definitely kept myself entertained and it, it was more or less from doing my own um my own running events and things and then just posting that online and thinking oh this so actually does not do too badly and um kind of learning from there but it's a whole you know it's a whole different ball game the whole uh online scene to do with making youtube videos and, and editing and all these things but it's been pretty good fun so far so i enjoyed
1: yeah oh it's obviously a big part of what of you know, you're, you obviously take time to read people's comments respond to people's comments and to be able to do that and it, particularly in a you know community like the triathlon community is is pretty important you know they the, the details matter a lot don't they
0: no definitely I think there's you know I wouldn't say the amount of people that would probably you know reply to those things you know I'm wondering I'm like now it's okay I'm like what happens if I get hundreds of comments I'm like that's gonna take me like a week to reply to everything but I think now that it's still small, it's probably still doable. Um, and there's also like a membership thing. So a lot of the time I'll re- obviously make it an you know, important thing to reply to the members of the channel. So people can become members of the channel as well, which is pretty cool. And uh, they can direct message me and, and what and those types of things, which is quite cool. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, it's kind of a different medium. And then hopefully I'm going to probably convert it into like a coaching type platform down the line. Um, once it's kind of matured a bit more Uh, And yeah, that's kind of a little bit the plan of it.
1: And you're you're already sussing out presumably, yeah, what people are interested in, what they want to find out and so on. And then you just build from that.
0: Yeah, no, that's a little bit, a little bit uh, kind of, uh, yeah, the plan, more of it like kind of a startup in itself a bit.
1: Hmm. Well, obviously this weekend is disappointing for you not to be in Leeds, but presumably it's also not a race that you mind talking about too much. Fond memories?
0: No, definitely. I think it was... Uh, probably one of my best events that I had of my career. Uh, I think there's three that stand out. But Leeds is definitely the one that's like the Olympic distance. Always wanted to win Olympic distance, and that was the the one that I won. And um, yeah, it was quite yeah quite a quite a special day. The funny thing as well was with Leeds is I did the team relay. Like, um, I think that yeah the race there did the team the team relay three days before, and I was wondering if that was gonna be good or bad. Um, and it actually ended up being good. So some of the times you think like I I was wondering what were the other athletes did all the other top athletes also do the team relay in Nottingham and then drive down there. And but yeah, it was a pretty amazing, pretty amazing day and I felt probably the best that I've felt in, you know, in a race. Um, and yeah, it kind of was a a bit of a weird race because I kind of went off the front at the start and then expected everyone to catch me and then they kind of just didn't. And I thought, well they're eventually they will catch me. And then I thought well this is 5k maybe they haven't caught me so maybe I could maybe take this um and so it kind of like evolved during the race um and yeah it was pretty pretty cool Mario ended up like almost coming back at me in the final k or 2k or something and the coach was like Mario's coming back at you and I, thought, no, I really have to go all in otherwise I'm gonna lose it
1: um but that's yeah. what I was thinking I mean you know you'd you'd got into that great position off the bike right so you were kind of leading what was a pretty large group in there coming out, obviously very little in it, but when you're spearheading a little group like that and you know that you've got Mario and Vince behind you and you know how good they are, it must be a strange, strange situation, strange feeling to, to, to be, to know that they're just like this, this is, we're on the back of this, this is what we have to do and and all you've got to do is just try and maintain or extend.
0: No, I think it's, yeah, it's definitely a, like, thing of being chased. I mean, I'm, not, I'm usually the one being the chaser, not the one getting chased. Um, that's kind of how my whole career, I remember speaking to Johnny and El- Johnny the one time at the one the event, and, and I was just saying, like, I've spent, like, 10 years chasing you. <laughs> it's like, like a career There should be, like, a book, like, <laughs> a book of, like, the chase. <laughs> Where I had to, like, continually try and catch the Brownleys or, like, in the front group for, like, my whole career, <laughs> which, um, yeah, it's, and, and obviously there, it was, uh, you know, both brownies were obviously racing there as well, so it was, like, home turf, uh, which is, like, even, even bigger bragging rights, um, I remember when the brownies, when Alistair took me down in Cape Town, so something you'll never forget when, 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 one of your, when one of your, your arch, uh, enemies type things in triathlon beats, you know, takes you down in, in your hometown, um, but, uh, it's definitely, uh, it was a pretty, pretty cool race. And having, having my coach Louis day was also just so great. And it was also after a spell of a whole bunch of bad races and, and, and say bad luck, but it was just had a, almost like a year of just bad racing a little bit. Um, hmm. and then I think you get really, really, you have that part where you're like, when is, you know, when is the drought going to end?
1: <laughs> yeah. And boy, did it end. I mean, even over that last final 300 meters, Mario might have been slightly closing the gap, but you looked effortless. I mean, you probably knew by that stage it was an unassailable lead and that that helps, I guess. But did you, you know, through the ten K were there we were, were you able to kind of keep it on kind of a level or were there moments of just like, oh this is this is gonna
0: Well, actually no, I was actually I felt like I was in control of for most of the run. Um obviously the up your course is a very, very tough course. Um so probably for a course that would be good for me, that'd probably be a good course. Um mm-hmm. The bike course was. I actually came like I think it was like fifth loss out the water, in that race. And in the swim, I was like, I'm going to quit triathlon. Like, no, I'm done with this. This is a. Uh, this is not my thing. My swimming is just getting and getting worse. And and then got on the bike with Bloomie and a couple of other guys that just like put the absolute hammer down. And uh, so we actually ended up I think making it a minute twenty or a minute fifteen deficit to the front guys. Um, right. So and then yeah, I think on the run it was it was a tough run course. It's got a climb on. Um, it's pretty warm as well. So yeah, it was I think a lot of the things paid a little bit into my favor on that on that day. Um and even on the bike I didn't feel particularly great. My legs felt didn't feel really responsive. And I thought, I don't know how the run's gonna go, but I'll just sit in here on the bike and just you know, <laughs> hopefully we get through. So it was quite a good scenario actually. But uh, you know, you've got to take, you know, the race as it comes of it.
1: Yeah at the end like even Mario looked absolutely sort of thrilled for you Uh, I mean I suppose that's kind of a a mark of a mark of him as a character as well is it
0: yeah no well I think uh, you know I've also known Mario since kind of my first first international race when I think I raced in um, I think it was in Rimini in 2008 if I'm not mistaken Um, we were at world jathlon champs or junior jathlon champs uh, and he was there Johnny was there and I think that's kind of the first couple of times we competed against each other and Trained together, obviously for a good couple of years under Joel, so uh, it's always it's always good. It's the same with Heavy when Heavy does well, or you know you're always happy for for someone for someone to do well.
1: And in 2019, Leeds was well, personally right. one of my favourites in terms of the pre-race hype. Before was all about you know the Magnificent Seven and you and Heavy coming back and Mario and so on, and then Jake just came in and um, blew it away. Uh, you know, in spite of, <laughs> in spite of all that, um, I and actually, you know, Vincent obviously finished last year incredibly strongly, but perhaps didn't have the race he would have wanted in in Yokohama, and to be able to look across a start line like we almost like we will in Leeds certainly, but almost certainly in in, in Tokyo as well, and not be able to pick who you think not be able to pick a winner obviously everyone will have an opinion but it's it's exciting isn't it I mean you have career defining sorry era defining athletes and that's it's brilliant to have someone like a Javi Gomez dominate for a long time or Gwen but at the time to see a start list and just not have a clue who's going to come out on top is, is pretty exciting for the sport.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, you know, it's, it's not, I mean, there's not often where you have all the top athletes on one start line. Um, And the the one thing, the interesting thing is I noticed the Olympic race is also different to a world series race, um, which probably a lot of people won't, won't realize or won't know, but the field is actually slightly dense, less dense than it is at a world series race where obviously on, you get there on points and everything and, and the top athletes in the world will be there. Uh, whereas the Olympics, obviously, there's slots and things and stuff. So it actually, um, the second group and those things, it's all dependent on where the athletes are. But for for me as an athlete, it's always you know really important to see who's going to be in the second group, how strong is it going to be. Um, and it definitely changes when it comes to the Olympics, uh, mm-hmm. as well as obviously the swim course changes sometimes to a one-lap swim. I think it's still two laps in mm-hmm. Tokyo. Um, but yeah, I definitely think it's going to be interesting. Obviously, with the heat playing even more of a factor, Rio was supposed to be like, the hottest race ever but um japan is definitely hotter than than it is in rio um and yeah definitely something that i'm i am looking forward to was looking forward to i'm not kind of not sure where i lie a little bit but um it's definitely you know it definitely would be a course that i would love to go and race hard in um, a little bit like mexico and Cozumel, which is also extremely warm um, but yeah kind of the hard courses and stuff and and the lighter athletes will fare better as well so uh, the likes of Robert Henry and Tyler Mr. Chuck, and you know kind of a lighter body athletes definitely
1: feature well in the heat mm. um, yeah and Rachel is like you said on her way shortly to leeds how's how's she feeling obviously there's plenty of other little stories going on around the race as far as the Olympic qualification is concerned, and for you and her tending to be able to stay out of that must be quite nice you know, Olympic periods in general over the years, I guess.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's definitely, yeah, it is, it is, it is good. And I think, you know, to be able to do Olympic distance race in the year of Olympics is also quite important. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, Leeds are quite close by here. So it's quite accessible for for, for us from the Netherlands. Um, that's kind of one of the reasons why Rachel sapped Yokohama uh, out a little bit just because of the the travel there and the being indoors. And so she kind of, Uh, decided to rather do training and everyone's when you don't go to a world series race people look at the starters and why aren't you there racing and they don't usually know the reason why (laughs) you're not always doing a race Mm. Um, but yeah it's definitely close accessible and um, the course is also quite tough now in Leeds well it's always tough in Leeds but um, kind of in their park and they've got kind of a whole bunch of hills where they kind of go uh, round and round and stuff so it's going to be quite a tough course as well which is going to be interesting to watch
1: For sure. Um, And Lucy Charles Barkley, for example, on the start list, which is, you know, we've got people like Flora back, but Lucy as well. Um, And I mean, obviously, you know, she's not done a race like this before, but still has the swim and potentially some of the bike to to really have an impact on the race, right?
0: Yeah, no, I think she's going to be actually um, well, I don't think Leeds will be like the Lucy Charles show, but because I mean, she's the first. When she came to Super League, it was a little bit, a little bit like that, you know, complete unknown, mm. uh, a little bit. But she's definitely uh, not unknown when it comes to the swimming and the biking. Um, she's definitely going to be up there, probably leading the race on the water. Wouldn't be surprised. Um, but I don't know how many times she's actually swum, you know, in the chop of it and in the smash fest in the swim. So that could be interesting <laughs> to see as well. Um, and yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting uh, race to watch. I also watch some of the YouTube videos, uh, her preparing for this race in Leeds. So quite entertaining. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to watch and to see how, you know, how all the other girls go out there and see how Rachel does as well. Um, it's going to, I'll be glued to the television. I think it's on Sunday. Um, the event is it? Yeah. Um,
1: and obviously my Kingma has been doing very well. Has she been on the training camps with you guys? Um, She hasn't
0: actually. No, she, no, she hasn't. She doesn't come to many of the camps, unfortunately, which is a bit sad, but um, no, I think she, um, yeah, you can, it's not compulsory to come to some of the camps, but um, yeah, she, she doesn't join much of the camps
1: really. Leeds will also have its first para triathlon race on Saturday. And Jetsa Platt is someone who does come on several of those camps with you, doesn't he? Uh, I'd just be interested to hear, obviously he's a, you know, in the, PTWC wheelchair category um and an unbelievable athlete and obviously that is why partly why he is invited to come on those training camps as well but just interested to get your uh you know your your take on on him as a as a person and a, as an athlete as well that when you've spent presumably a fair amount of time with him
0: yeah I mean yes he's a uh, probably one of the nicest guys we have come across um very down to earth um super driven probably one of the i wouldn't say he's more driven than than you know than, than than some of us like able-bodied athletes but um definitely he's you know extremely extremely professional he does things in in a kind of meticulous and uh, you know uh, kind of like a perfectionist way mm-hmm. um but that definitely get you know gets him out on top and gets him where he needs to be and um he has no problems uh swimming with most of the guys in the fast lane while we're swimming and stuff um and obviously while we're riding, he does all of his rides with us and everything. And he passes us in the Daniels all the time because he's more aerodynamic, which is a bit unfair. Um, but um, no, he's definitely an all-around pretty, pretty great guy. And uh, yeah, very motivated, determined. And uh, yeah, great to have on camp. Um, I think he enjoys spending time training with uh, training with us and uh, yeah, enjoys being with Louis Delahaye, our coach as well, when we're there. So yeah, he he's, uh, definitely fits in well with the team when we're training there.
1: Yeah, he obviously sets himself a very high bar and uh, quite often surpasses it, I would say. And for you over the last, you know, decade or so, you're obviously, like fiercely competitive person, and whether you're eight years old, playing in a local tennis tournament, or an elite athlete, you know, you, ha- you always have those, you know, you don't even know why, but like a rivalry or someone that you just always kind of like, that's, that's my, he's my target, I'm going to beat him. Is there someone rationally or not over the years that that has been that person for you uh
0: it well definitely be the brownies for sure right <laughs> um i think they i think there's been like a handful of times that i've beaten them over the career uh and there's probably like a couple dozen <laughs> times they've beaten me um so it's definitely there the obviously you know with with all the olympic medals and 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 you know the accolades and everything they've definitely been the ones over the last 10 years uh, them along with Javi Gomez and, and, and Mario Mola. Um, you know, they've definitely been the ones I've had to compete against and, and, and try to, you know, better every single time. And especially when it comes down to the run and it's Mario and myself on a run, there's, you know, sometimes it could go either way when we go out together. So it's definitely, uh, he's also been one that's, that's, uh, yeah, it's almost like who's got the edge on the day that kind of takes it a little bit.
1: And it's those little, those little rivalries that obviously, every sport needs as well, wouldn't you say? Kind
0: of... No, I think it's what keeps it exciting. I mean, if it's if it was just someone goes off the front and wins automatically, it would be boring. So it's always, you've got to have uh, everyone being at their top and it makes for the greatest show on earth. Well, maybe not on earth, but in triathlon for certain.
1: Um... <laughs> for sure. I mean, you mentioned that there were three three races in particular through your career, but would you say there was a breakthrough race where you were like either okay now this is the sport for me or now I can mix it with the best or what what was your the fondest one that you look back on I guess
0: well I think Hamburg 2012 was kind of my breakthrough race when I won uh, kind of the race you're not supposed to win the one before the Olympics um, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, was my uh, that was kind of my intro, intro race into into um, world series racing and then also got on the podium the first time in San, in not yeah in San Diego, and before that also in um, in Australia and Sydney when they started the Sydney uh, World Series race there, uh, and that was the first time I got on the podium with um, Lauren Vidal and with um, Stefan Eustace. Um, so yeah, that was quite a while ago, and that was the moment where I got on the podium and I thought, man, this is like my second World Series race, and I got on the podium. Um, so was <laughs> quite a quite a day um and so yeah that year i got kind of i think i got three world series podiums in that year in my first year of racing world series um and then i kind of thought gee man i could actually i could do this like this could be me you know this is uh, definitely um you know where i want to be uh and i actually ended up racing better in world series than i did in continental cups uh and european cups and those things you know the whole field blows out completely and then I ended up riding by myself with one or two other guys right at the back. And uh, World Series is kind of everyone's a bit closer together because the field is, you know, it's it's less spread out. Mm. Um, and so it, definitely that's kind of where I thought, you know, this is, you know, this is definitely me. And uh, I was almost leading. There was one race I was going to go into where I would have been number one at race cap. And I decided to sit the race out in Madrid. And I was like, it was the first time I would have been number one. Um, and so it was, uh, Yeah. Uh, set that one out, but uh yeah, hopefully, maybe one day we see see how things go. You know, you never know.
1: And the person you would say you owe your success to, and you're allowed to say yourself, obviously, if you're
0: um, probably well, my success, I would say, yeah, probably my father to a degree, because he obviously started me getting out doing sports and stuff. And if I hadn't gotten done sports in the first place, I wouldn't have continued doing sports probably. Um, and then obviously yeah, coaches and everyone along the way, because I think, you, you know, you're only as good as the people around you that help you to be you. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think everyone that's been part of the journey definitely, definitely needs a mention.
1: And if not a triathlete, then what?
0: Um, probably, well, probably be a sports scientist or be, I actually wanted to study sports science. So very interested in, in, in the science of sports and um, probably would have been a sports scientist in some degree, I think. I was, I was going to say like a YouTuber or a yacht salesman or um, firefighter <laughs> or something along those lines, but
1: I think yacht salesman that's got, that's got legs.
0: Yeah. I think that's, uh, <laughs> just going, or property, property salesman, property developer, something like that also.
1: How, um, I also do. how was the, the punditry experience, uh, with the arena games there?
0: um yeah it wasn't it wasn't too bad yeah i mean i kind of enjoy i've done commentary in one or two events um but yeah i definitely kind of like the dynamic of how the races unfold and how things happening so definitely some commentary down the line would be something that i'd be be also be pretty interested to do um and coaching as well i plan on coaching down the line so it might be a kind of a mix of a whole a mixed bag full of things yeah um but yeah, definitely, uh, don't like doing one thing at that. So just doing one thing is a little bit boring. So it's the same with like doing management. And I think as a professional athlete, you're like not just a professional athlete, you're a travel agent and you're a sponsorship manager. And you're it's just like a whole bunch of...
1: And you do three mechanic. sports. I mean, you know, there's a theme And you're doing here. some
0: sports. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely um, a <laughs> full-time show.
1: Brilliant. And you'll obviously be watching this weekend, Triathlon Live uh, women's yeah. race, 12.45, men's at 3.45. Cheering on Rachel from home?
0: Yeah, definitely. No, I think that, uh, uh, yeah, definitely definitely looking forward to watching and schedule my massive training schedule around it. So <laughs> <laughs> it should be good.
1: <laughs> Brilliant. Well, obviously, you know, the very best of luck with uh, the procedure and the recovery and, uh, and so on. And uh, I know, yeah, a lot of people will be hoping very much to see you on that Tokyo start line
0: yeah no thank you yeah hoping for all the best and i'll keep everyone updated on you know how everything's going um and yeah uh hold, holding down i'm still preparing my olympic bike now so hope has not been been given up yet
1: brilliant all right great thanks richard cheers cheers
0: no problems